Welcome to the KnoxCast, where we talk to the community about all things Knox. My name is Mitch Prentice, and today we had the honor of speaking with Courtney Hill, a Knox College graduate from the class of 2017. Courtney has taken his Knox experiences and transferred them into a variety of jobs and travel opportunities across the world. Now living in New Zealand, he took some time to tell us all about his life since leaving campus. Courtney Hill, how are you doing? I'm doing good, man. How are you? I'm doing really good. It's it's exciting to talk with you. Right now, it is 3 p.m. here in Galesburg, and what time is it where you are right now? In Christchurch, New Zealand, it is 10.30, or 10 o'clock a.m., 10.03 a.m. Right. You're like all the way around the world, so oh, it's nice. it's pretty amazing. I'm, I'm happy to live in an era where we can do this. It's, yeah. it's pretty cool. And you know, knowing that you're in New Zealand, I think uh, that should naturally lead us into the point of why we're talking today. You've had a very interesting postgraduate career so far, and um, I would love to hear all about it. But to start out here, tell me about when you decided to come to Knox, what was like ultimately the deciding factor on that? And what was it that pushed you over the edge to apply and then ultimately come here as a student? You know, what, what, what Devon Urellis, who was an admissions counselor, uh, he was, that was when I first heard about Knox. I didn't know about Knox until he came to talk to me uh, at my high school. And uh, I learned about Knox that day and, you know, just meeting him and I think just kind of building that relationship, that's what piqued my interest with Knox. I started looking more up online and, you know, there was that book of, you know, colleges that change lives. And I think I, I looked at a couple schools and then I came to visit Knox and visit Galesburg. And I was like, this is it compared to like where I was looking at and where I could see myself. That was more of the thing was the schools that I visited where I could see myself, you know, being a student at. And Knox was definitely that place. Um, and so... Hey, remind me, where did, where did you come from? Uh, Chicago. Chicago. Okay. So yeah. you were familiar with the Midwest then. I know some people when they come to Knox that first time, you know, they're coming from California or from Florida yeah. or whatever. And it's, it's, it's kind of a culture shock because Galesburg isn't a, a major city. Um, but I, you were still coming from Chicago then was Galesburg kind of like, was it a shock to you? Like the size of it? it definitely was a shock to me being, you know, from South side of Chicago, Stony Island, Hyde, Jackson park area, Hyde park area, and then just being able to run around Chicago, you know, as a teenager, that was, I, I'm a city kid, you know. So definitely would take trips to like Wisconsin. I had family in Virginia, uh, you know, go to Oklahoma from time to time. But, you know, living someplace that was like Galesburg, I had never lived anywhere like Galesburg, let alone, you know, it didn't feel like a suburb. You know, you, I go to a lot of suburbs around Chicago, but Galesburg doesn't feel like a suburb. It doesn't feel, it's, it's a, this is the town, this is it. And so, and I loved it. I loved it. I loved the trains. I, re I remember walking around the town. Like, it just seemed like a cool place. And then the fact that there was the train there, it just added on to just exploring this entire region that I ended up, it became home for me. I mean, Knox, I mean, I think, I think I didn't spend any summers at home once I got to Knox. I spent all my summers, once I moved to Galesburg or once I went to Knox, I go home a lot, but I would spend my majority of my summers were spent at Knox usually like you know working doing different programs doing college for kids 
Um, I would have jobs around town. I, I I took some classes at Carl Sandburg, which were, so I still lived at Knox. You know what I'm saying? So like I was. So was I, that was was that mostly just because you enjoyed being here so much? Did you just find travel to be you know inconvenient? And what what ultimately led you to be so committed to the area? It was the opportunities, like the productive opportunities to do something. That was what kept me there. It was just like, it didn't, I don't know, not saying it didn't make sense to go home, but I knew if I went home, it would just be just hanging around and stuff like that. Right, and right. There's a, a, a program, College for Kids. I did that for like two summers in a row, teaching kids filmmaking and stuff like that. And then, I don't know, I, I always, even when I was at Knox, I always had a job either on campus as like an RA or something or in a job off campus. I know when I think about... Um, alumni that I have kept in contact with, you are definitely one of the most proud or, you know, just most connected to your time at Knox post-graduation. I mean, I feel like when we chatted about it at homecoming just this year, I mean, it's, it's just, it excites you to talk about Knox and I can tell that you're still very proud to be an alumni. Like when you talk to people about your college education, is, is it exciting for you to be able to expose people on the other side of the world to this college in the Midwest? I talk about my college all the time. I talk about Knox. I reach out to someone at Knox and I ask if there were any alum in New Zealand. And I have a list. I've just been doing a bunch of other stuff. So now that like we're having this conversation, I'm like, you know what? I should reach out to the alum that are here. And it, it definitely, and I think it was the professors uh, that, like, like Jim Dyer, you know, it's people like that who I would... I kept in regular communication with them, what I was doing, what I was thinking about, hearing what they were doing, hearing how classes were with them. I got a chance to come back and I sat in one of Dan Wax classes and just asked a question as if I was a student. And it yeah, just yeah. felt like it was just, and I'm supposed to talk with him later on be, and uh, like next week. And so I just feel like it was people that I think about, like these professors and these classes that I took that I was thinking a lot about and... You know, I, I remember like writing these papers and having these conversations, not just in the classroom, but outside of the classroom, like especially with Jim, me and Jim, we took with, you know, the storytelling club and we would take trips to Chicago and, you know, ride around and stuff like that. And when I got to see him perform in the uh, the Moth in uh, St. Paul, Minnesota, you know, so like uh, mm-hmm. like you got to know these people outside of the classroom and they become like mentors and even more than just professors in a lot of ways. So you, and even people that weren't professors with me, it was people that worked at Knox. Like there's people there that I'm still in regular communication with because they hold just as much weight as the professors did. It was just, it was the mm-hmm. people, it was the community. You know what I'm saying? Like it wasn't yeah. just like the class. It was the people that supported the school in different ways that are just as influential to me that I keep up with on a regular basis or I, I try to uh, even post Knox. I'm really curious, obviously being in New Zealand now has, there's a, there's a tale there of the journey. Yeah. Before we get into that, I, I have to know of our four years here, what was your favorite flunk day theme that we had? Ooh. I'm trying, I was trying to remember all four of them. I know we had wild, wild flunk or I think that's what yeah. it was called. It's like Wild West, wasn't it? Right. And then we had Jurassic Flunk. I would have to um, say that one because I can I remember that one the most. The, the Jurassic Flunk is the one I rem- <laughs> is the one I can yeah. remember. Uh, definitely the Jurassic Flunk. I just I, I I would have to say that one. The second year, yeah. one. Third year Absolutely. I was away. 
And fourth year, I was. Oh, you didn't get to go to all of the all flunk days? Nah, we were in. I was in. Um, when the third flunk day, I was studying abroad. And I was in. Oh, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, I was studying abroad. And we had just. I was with uh, Sam Geiger. And we were mm-hmm. riding around Hong Kong all day, just in Hong Kong, just like riding bikes. <laughs> we just were in Hong Kong. We had we had a day. We had we had just we went to the beach. We took these bikes. We forgot to return them. We just locked them up. Got on this boat and left. I, I like we just was we just were in Hong Kong, and we just had this day, and we're getting back from like about to go back to our different Airbnbs. And he, he shows me, like, dude, it's flunk day. It just, you know, the day it just started yeah. over there. And we were exhausted. So we still felt like we had to go celebrate. So we went out for a little bit and just, like, hung out a little bit more. And it, despite we couldn't be there, but that was a flunk day I'll never forget, too. That's perfect. I never heard that story. That's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> so you're celebrating <laughs> flunk day on the other side of the world. Celebrating um, flunk day as best we could. That's sweet. Uh, so, yeah. So graduation comes and goes and... I know a little bit of the tale of, of how you got to where you are now, but I want a full recap. Tell me. So when okay. you graduated, where was your immediate next destination? What was your first job after that? Okay. So let's just like immediately after graduation, graduated in 2017, me and Daniel Beers, he was doing some microfinancing. He had a microfinancing project and I was picking back up, you know, video production stuff or trying to. You know, I enjoyed being behind the camera and using cameras and, you know, storytelling. I was still trying to figure it out. And so immediately after graduation, a week later, me and Daniel Beers go to Haiti for like a week. So we go to Haiti and we're I'm down there in Haiti with him. He's doing his research. He's having meetings. I'm filming it, making, uh, you know, just documenting the whole thing. And then I come back because at the time, oh, I do. I did a post back. I graduated in Knox and did a post back. So I was editing that video and the videos from that trip. And then I was working in the communications office where you currently are now. And so I was, I spent working with uh, Bria Cunningham with the video core and was like learning photography and learning video editing and learning, you know, file management and a whole workflow. And was just like making videos and stuff like that. And that's what I was just kind of getting my hands back into. But and you did a post back for for an entire year then? No, because at the I I needed just to do something until I started Fulbright because I started Fulbright uh, January first, twenty eighteen. And for those who aren't familiar with Fulbright, explain what that is. Fulbright has different programs that they offer. Some for research, mostly for research, but they also have grants for teaching English abroad in different countries. And I had studied abroad in China and came back with this itch to go back abroad again. And I just didn't know how. And so I, I remember meeting Mary Angela. Someone introduced me to her at the time. She was the the Volvo Center coordinator. And we talked about it. And it was the different options and stuff like that. So basically you find a country, not in every country, but a lot of countries. And the programs are extremely different. You know, it doesn't matter. They're, they're all very uniquely different. It's kind of the same assignment, but depending on where you are, it's very different. So I ended up teaching, getting accepted for the Malaysia program. And so it was a, a year living in Malaysia, teaching English. Rayanne was there, another Knox alum. So we both were out there. Uh, I was on Borneo, which is the island side of Malaysia in a small town called Miri. And uh, I just loved it. So I was, you know, working at a, a high school, 
uh, it was it was more like a middle school high school put together with a special education program and so we would do different programming and you know extracurricular activities and we started a radio club so living in Malaysia we traveled all of Southeast Asia so I would we would go to Vietnam Thailand Philippines uh, Cambodia you know and just friends that you're making out there with the program and these are lifelong friends of mine to this people I still talk to this day they're actually yeah. getting a group together of friends from my program in New York uh, in a few months. Then I came back from uh, from the program in 2019. So I was out there for a year, came back in 2019. Started teaching at my old high school. Started doing after-school programs, really. I started doing that, and it led to substitute teaching and then doing it at different levels. And then it, that turned into being a fourth-grade sub, like a long-term sub. And then the pandemic broke out. So right. it was uh, which it was changed about, everything, I'm sure, for you because it changed everything for everyone. It did. So I started. So so I so I you know came back from Fulbright and was still teaching. Did some traveling post pandemic a little bit, but then ended up moving to Los Angeles, uh, moving in with one of my friends in LA, and got an opportunity to be a PA on Shark Tank. So I was a production assistant on Shark Tank for a couple of weeks. And then that show wrapped and it was a really cool experience, like just being behind the scenes, you know, stuff that I was trying to figure out how to get involved in in Chicago and done some work with different companies, but nothing on like a TV show level in a studio like that, you know, on like a Sony lot. Had you ever been on a lot like that before? No, never been on a lot like that before. Never been on a lot like that. And it wasn't like, it was like we had these two, you know, studios and then there were like 50 other studios with shows being shot that had other crews and there were offices and there was just like these bicycles riding by, people getting to and from shows and, you know, you see like, oh, there's Kevin Hart or, oh, you know, there's Mark Wahlberg. Oh, so you saw a lot of celebrities then. You see a lot of celebrities, you know, so you see a lot of people, but it's just like they're all like you're working and so are they. Who would be your top three that you saw? Like, can you remember? Oh, man. Top three that I saw. um, Obviously, you said Kevin Hart. I feel like that's got to be up there, right? I saw, you know, Mark Cuban's on the show. I mean, even all the sharks, they're all. Oh, right, right. uh, Damon John, you know, so they were really chill people. necessarily work with them personally but you would see them around and they would say good morning you would say hello yeah and, you know you don't try to get starstruck you just they're working and so are you it's part so of the job right it's part of the right. job so it was co- it was a really cool experience and you're just like you're is a pa on a show there's always something you're, you're just doing miscellaneous tasks on the show you're setting up right. chairs helping the you know the camera peep out maybe or maybe you're helping move some furniture you maybe you're helping there's always something going on you're going to pick up sandwiches for the crew like Coffee and sandwiches, uh, the the classic intern role, right? Like literally, I would I remember I would take a bicycle and like go pick up these sandwiches and come back for everybody. <laughs> like you just had these odd jobs, and I was sleeping on my boy's couch and just would ride his motorcycle over there to get to work because I didn't have a car at the time. I was he had he just got this new cat that was keeping me up at night. It was twelve hour shifts. <laughs> it was just this weird. It was like. I didn't know what I was doing, but I was like, I'm rolling with it, you know? But it's part of it, right? Like, that's part, I mean, like, that's how you get into that industry. You have to do that you have step, to say, right? Yeah, you do it. You got to do it. And it was all a stepping stone. And so that led to me being a, a post-production assistant with the Jimmy Kimmel show. Right. So I ended up rapping from there and then uh, meeting with some of the people from the Jimmy Kimmel show and got a, a, a gig as a post-production assistant. And so that that job basically 
helping man helping the editors of the show and then once the show ends so we take it we label it we put it in a system and then we archive it in a in like a library of tape and i'm talking like tape from like day one of the show when it started in like 2000 i think to like the late like the show that they would have filmed last night you know it's just an evolution of tape i would watch all the other late night tv shows to make sure we weren't doing redundant content so to make sure we're not doing the exact same showing the exact same clips and doing the exact same jokes as trevor noah uh stephen colbert uh john oliver you know and how long did you do that for i did that for about seven months did that for about seven months i was at a point where i was just uh yeah i just i don't know i just wasn't where i wanted to be and i didn't know where i wanted to be i don't know it was it was a really hard decision to make but i you know i i just didn't know i just needed i needed to just reset and so before you know giving my notice i had applied for the you know the new zealand working holiday visa and so i just booked a one-way ticket and so so yeah so i i want to hear about how that works so you get this work visa and like you just said you 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 get a one-way ticket so you you just pack up a suitcase how much do you take with you i mean i took a back i have a i have literally a backpack of clothes and like a pelican case of camera gear that was it i oh, sold so like more than half of your stuff was like work equipment right exactly that was like <laughs> it was like, work, like it was like i had clothes and a backpack and a suitcase of work equipment like i could only check one bag that was it that's all i had like i that, that was all i needed so you get there, like, what was like the first week like there? I want to know, like, that transition was, going from America to New Zealand, acclimating to that. So I ended up getting here and I, I got an Airbnb, which at first wasn't commute. When I first landed, they weren't responding to me. So I'm like, you know, you get someplace and you're like, did I make a dumb decision? Did I just throw all this away to do something? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you just, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're kind of in this regretful state. And then you just kind of, but that's, you know, part of traveling and that's part of, you know, learning and growing is just having these experiences and just trusting your gut. Like that was, this was all a gut decision and it felt right. And so I, I just went with it. And so the first week here was just like New Zealand is, you know, speak English, you know, but it's, there's still, you're not familiar with their land. You're not familiar with, you know, it's just, it's a whole different setup here. Even the stop signs are different. You know, it's just everything. You're trying to figure out how to take the bus. You're trying to figure out, you know, going to the grocery store. You're trying to figure out how to just live. I got to set up a bank account. I got to get registered with the government. The first weeks, my first kind of month was just relaxing. Just, just chill out and go explore a little bit. It was more so just like walking around, going to different museums, just seeing what was just seeing what was going on here. I stayed in Auckland. So I stayed in Auckland for about three months, just putting my feet on the ground. As where I am right am right now, I'm trying so many different things. I'm just mm-hmm. trying to do different stuff. Like, I don't even care what it is. I, just, I bought a fishing pole yesterday. Like, I'm just doing stuff that I hadn't done before. I got right. a forklift license. I just, I'm just doing stuff, man. You did study abroad while you were at Knox, yeah. and that opportunity is there to expand your worldview 
right? You know, give yourself an opportunity to go to a place you've never been to and challenge yourself to learn, right? And it sounds like you're expanding on that now at this point in your life and kind of continuing that mode of exploration and education that Knox gave to you to begin with. Do you feel like that all kind of connects? 100% because it was a different, it was like a different, there's different levels to it. Because study abroad is one of those things where you book a ticket and this is where you'll sleep, this is where you'll eat, this is, you know, and then go explore. And the, there was a safety net. Like, they took care of all that for me. It allowed me just to explore China. And with, you know, a Fulbright, I wasn't studying. I was working. Like, I had, we, 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 we got a stipend every month, and I had to make sure my bills were paid. We had, a, we had two cars. We had, you know, a house. If we needed the grass motor, we, if something broke, we had to contact local people. We had to pay our lighting bill, our phone bill. It was, it was like we were living there. All of these experiences that I got from Knox helped me build that confidence to move to a country where I didn't know anyone and just start living here. That's such a huge step, man. I mean, I like everything you're saying, like getting set up, you know, getting your ID, getting a bank account. I mean, there's practices in place to get it done, but it is a lot. I mean, that's not a small step, right? Like you're basically starting over to some degree. You have a new ID card. You have like a new address, you know, that's that's a lot. You, you exactly. You have to fig- I have to pay taxes here. You know, I have to figure out mm. not just how do I pay my taxes here. I also I also have to pay my taxes back in the U.S. You know, you're you're trying to figure out these things, and it's on. It's a lot of online. It's meeting people. It's you know trial and error. It's it's not getting it right the first time. It's making a mistake on some paperwork, and something not going through, or not getting paid, or not you know. So it's it's been a learning process no matter what you just keep moving with it and you keep learning it's just being fluid and being and just adjusting with it and not getting angry when something doesn't work out and learning from it i don't think this is the last time i'm gonna do something like this or live abroad you know but i do think back to your point though these opportunities that i got even including staying in galesburg for summers uh at knox working and doing different things to the study abroad in Fulbright, the the opportunities that and the experiences that I learned at Knox helped build the confidence to do something like that. Well, I appreciate you taking me through all that. It's a it's a really interesting tale, and you're so early on in your journey too. I mean, there's going to be so many different things. I mean, just your willingness to kind of go outside the box and, and really just try things. I don't think a lot of people would be comfortable enough to do that. And I'm curious where you're going to be 10 years from now. Maybe I'm guessing it'll probably be in a different country. So. I don't know where I'll be. And I, and it, it's, it's just, I, I feel like I'm falling in the right place though. It, it's, yeah. it's all lining up so that it's just letting go of just being here for right now. And you know, tomorrow it's going to figure it's all, it's all adding up to something. What? I don't know, but it's it, I'm getting closer to it, I feel. so. It's just, it's really amazing. I can't believe that you're in New Zealand right now. It's still, like, amazing for me to think about, but it's cool, man. It's really Thank cool. You, and uh, I appreciate talking to you. Thank you so much for uh, coming on and chatting with us. Of course, man. Anytime. So there you have it. Courtney is certainly a great example of the variety of experiences a Knox College graduate can take part in. Thanks again to Courtney for taking the time to chat with us. That's all for this episode of the KnoxCast. Thanks for listening.